you don't mind if I toke up real quick, right? That is exactly what I'm doing. So go for it. Yeah, you, y'all are doing that, and I'm all doing this. So <laughs> see, I don't smoke. I don't smoke actual weed in his house. I use uh, I use one of my little carts there. This little thing here. <laughs> if you've ever had a glow, yeah. I got I got a few of those. Yeah, pretty tasty. <laughs> <laughs> Cypher Dylan and join me as we look back on the rich history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on their accounted tales of its followers. Every week we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, uh, like us on Facebook, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com and subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you have a question or want to pitch me something or just feel like giving me some shit, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. Joining me for this week's chapter out of Akron, Ohio, uh, we've got Black Tar Superstar. And representing the band, we've got Steven Reaper Kamladi and Jason Texas Heat McCracken, who are definitely the first people on the guest to have... uh, to have uh titles oh yeah <laughs> i think i don't think i've talked to anybody else who's got like a like a, a cannibal corpse-esque uh naming <laughs> naming system uh it it, it really just kind of evolved uh playfully uh and they we, we it just kind of stuck like the camaraderie between all of us you know it just became uh, easy. One person got named at a time, although I was in a band uh, a number of years back that it was actually part of the band that I had to choose a name. Hmm. And so I chose Reaper because, you know, I slay the drums. That's just kind of the way I feel about it. So uh, it kind of stuck and I branded it. And like everyone that knows me or people I meet, they're like, oh, it's Reaper, you know. So I'm like, well, shit, I might as well keep it, <laughs> you know just as a nickname. And then, uh, we, uh, our bassist and lead vocalist, uh, uh, Chad, we ended up nicknaming him the doctor because the guy can fix anything. Like he built all of the cabinets for, uh, the band like by hand and like, you know, he's just really good at electronic stuff. So we just started calling him the doctor. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nicknames fit personalities, kind of like things. So. Oh yeah, it was Chad that named Texas Heat. I mean, that just comes from you know. That's why I, mean, I grew up. I'm, I grew up in McKinney, Texas, Princeton, Texas, small little towns, you know. And that's that's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lived here for a while, but I mean, that's where I grew up. That's where my formative years were down there for sure. So I mean, that's where I'm, a lot of friends, family. Yeah, we still got family down there and all that kind of stuff. So and. When they when I do my promos for the band, you know, help out, you know, 
promoting stuff, a lot of my southern comes out when I'm doing those things because oh yeah, man, all that stuff starts coming out. <clears throat> so they're like, oh dude, you know, we'll start calling Texas Heat, and it just kind of stuck. So it just fits the personality because I mean, I'm kind of like you know this one person here as well, you know, talking to you, and then you know we get up on stage or something like that. It's I'm that dude. I'm you know Texas Heat. It's you know beer drinking. Hell yeah, it's gonna be louder and shit. You know, play killer souls and every ass music and that's what it's going to be i mean that's that's how i look at it and that's i try to i try to do that you know what i mean i want it to be just not not just a name but it's also a personality people see that and they're like yeah that oh, dude sure. that dude's for real <laughs> oh yeah you you texas people are definitely for real i spent i spent a week on a cruise out of uh out of texas with <laughs> predominantly Texas people. And let me tell you, there's no other breed of people like Texas people. It's they're impressive. Their own country. I'll tell you what, and, I, and all my <laughs> friends and family down there, I love every one of them, man. They're, they're such great people and they're all different and they're all kind of way and they're just fantastic, every single one of them, man. So, you know, also, and I'm listening to obviously a huge shout out to everybody I know, especially ones down there. But, you know, <laughs> I take the name because I love my state. I love where I come from. And I always will, and nobody will ever change that. So I mean, yeah, I represent <laughs> that state and my friends. Period, and that's why I'm gonna carry Texas Heat for a long time. <laughs> nice. Um. So, well, yeah. I mean, if you're gr- growing up down in Texas, and um, assuming you're uh, you're Ohio for your entire life, I'm just throw- I'm just assuming, um, like. What are what are your guys' earliest experiences with music? Are you like musical upbringings, or did you find it on your own? Were you in? Did you do bands in high school, shit like that? Uh, well, for me, my musical background uh, I actually started a lot when I was a kid. My dad had a very, uh, you know, he listened to uh, a lot of Frank Zappa, Alice Cooper, uh, that kind of stuff, Animals, Beatles, uh, so. I remember distinctly at 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning hearing Alice Cooper, you drive me nervous at 11. I'm just as loud as freaking possible. My dad had a huge, my dad used to be a sound man around here in Akron, Ohio. And uh, he's very good and has a very good ear. And believe me, his stereos were extremely loud. And I woke up to that all the time. And I loved it. Absolutely every bit of it. And I was, and I was big into perc- percussion. That's why I used to actually started out was as, as a percussionist. And then I got into school band around in fifth grade or fourth grade where I was in uh, Princeton, Texas. And uh, <clears throat> it just evolved. I had a, a music teacher who was just amazing. Her name was uh, Miss Holbrook. And that woman could sit there and I could watch her just listen to anybody and pick out who's out of tune. She could pick up any instrument and play it fluently and amazing. She could pick up anything and do anything. And I was like, I want to be like her. She's, I've never seen anything like that in my life. And that's what I strive to be. And I mean, ever since then, I've just been hooked on music, no matter what it is, whether it's, uh, I love horns, I love classical music, I love death metal, I love punk, I love ska, I love any kind of thing that just catches my ear. So, I mean, ever since I was seven, eight, six, seven or eight, I've been surrounded by music, whether it's musicians, my dad blaring fantastic music or whatever, you know, I don't think music's never been out of my life since, you know, I was a young kid, for sure. Yeah, for me, uh, you know, 
my 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 folks were kind of like the parents that would try things when you're young to see if you would have any interest in it. And uh, my dad had bought a, a snare drum uh, and a cymbal and a pair of brushes. So I, I guess they thought I was going into jazz right then and there, but that actually didn't come till later in life. But um, my dad had a pretty good vinyl collection, and the uh, one of the, the top ones that he had was Led Zeppelin II and uh, uh, Black Sabbath. We sold ourselves to rock and roll. So naturally, when I heard Iron Man for the first time, I just, man, Bill Ward just captivated me like in his drumming i was just like this is freaking awesome this is what i wanted <clears throat> and uh from there i just started trying to copy it and, and my folks were like well you know what if we're gonna invest in a drum set you're gonna have to take lessons so i went and i started taking lessons i was about uh eight nine years old and uh, i took them all the way through high school i did marching band symphony band percussion ensemble all that shit. and uh by the time i graduated my uh band director said you know you're good enough to make this a career we think you should go to uh to college for this so i ended up going to kent state uh got my uh, uh music ed degree i've been teaching music uh you know in the public schools for the last 20 years and uh but i always played in the band i mean obviously you know it started in high school you know playing little parties and shit like that uh, and then um, <clears throat> I had a band while I was in college, and after you know I graduated and got into teaching, we kept going. And uh, I've been doing it professionally for well, all of us have really uh, for probably about the last 20, 25 years. As a matter of fact, how I met uh, Texas here was uh, we played in a, a small band together uh, about a, about a year or so ago, and. Uh, we were starting to gain some ground with it. It was kind of like a doom, ethereal, drone, you know, kind of thing. And uh, unfortunately, the the guy that was running the project kind of pulled it out from underneath of us. We're like, fuck, what are we going to do now? Which is so weird because we were just about to try out uh, Chad, our, our bassist, the uh, lead vocalist, to, to play in that band because he's like, yeah, I could put some vocals to it and some bass guitar. I mean, it would have been pretty cool, but, you know, Actually, I think it worked out for the best because, you know, he was like, dude, I got all this whole bunch of, of songs that I've created on my own. Uh, Black Tar actually started out as a one one man band. So uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. And uh, we just started going through his catalog and started writing together. But uh, yeah, I mean, Sabbath obviously was always a, a big influence on me. Uh, I really got into uh, 40s, 50s jazz, uh, even on 60s and in the 70s, especially the funk era. Uh, mm -hmm. I love all the classic rock. And I'm like, well, I love playing metal so much, but yet I love these other things too. So I'm like, well, what if I put them all together? <laughs> <laughs> you know, into my own style, like I could steal licks from here and there. And, uh, you know, just a different approach to playing, uh, you know, because when you listen to like death metal or black metal, they get blast beat. It's like 150,000, you know, notes a second. And I'm like, I, and the, the fucked up part is, is that I actually played death metal for pretty much the last 20 years. And I'm like, I've always wanted to do 
something, you know, doom style. Mm-hmm. So it was like the perfect timing when we all got together. I think it, I think it, it's for drummers. It seemed, well, there's always the jokes about like drummers being like, you know, you see the memes online where it's like, this oh, is a yeah. drummer in between notes at a doom. So it's just like <laughs> holding the hands up. And like, yeah. I've seen it, you know, it's, yeah. it's definitely a good, a good, a good joke, but I mean, it's a, I think it's a great um, genre where you can really pull in those different kinds of sounds and uh, influences. Cause you can obviously hear jazz drumming in some, some of the more like technical, I guess, if you want to call them like technically proficient um, doom bands or whatever you want to call them. And uh obviously there's like death metal grooves and whatnot or uh there's definitely a death metal sound to the drums and other bands i mean there's the whole death doom genre into itself but i don't know i like it when there's little blast beats popping creep in there it's nice it keeps things uh spicy i mean if i were to say like bands for that like that are like that for me would probably be i wrestled a bear once Dillinger escape plan and animals leaders i mean yeah <laughs> animals as leaders still to this day i have yet to hear another band that would put me on the floor like those cats can like holy shit they're uh, crazy took talented the, took the guitar and just went from this level here and just completely to a whole other space like I, the things he does like picking techniques and stuff like that i try to Look, look and work on because it's stuff that I've never even done before, never even thought to even try. I mean, that dude, holy shit, man. I mean, he he's like the Eddie Van Halen of what guitar is now. I don't care what anybody <laughs> thinks about that. Toshi Nabashi is the shit. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, dude. He rules. He's super talented. Jeez, dude. That guy's amazing. And, um, and the rest yeah. of the band, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, their drummer? Holy crap. <laughs> Oh, that very, very incredible. And they're a rhythm guitar player too, because it's just two eight string guitars and a drummer. And the other dude's name, which I really, I so apologize. I wish I knew his name, but that dude's freaking badass as well. I mean, they're great musicians across the board. But you know, at the same time, you know, we do kind of hail the classics, like mm-hmm. you know, Corrosion of Conformity, uh, Danzig, uh, Typo Negative, Down. I mean, oh. Down. Oh shit. I mean. So much inspiration has come from, like the the whole. I guess you could say the first part of the two thousands. Yeah. Uh, even all the way back to nineteen ninety five. Good night. You know, yeah. I mean, it, shit. there was just so much great shit, you know, coming out, and we were all kind of very moved by, you know, a lot of the same music. Yep. So you know, coming together, it wasn't it wasn't rocket science, and uh, we've already been comfortable playing with each other in other bands prior. So. Uh, we just all had the same idea. We we heard the songs that you know Chad wrote. We heard a lot of those influences that we like, like in it. And you know, my approach to the drums for this band is more like Gene Holguin. Um, mm. He's one of my my top favorites. You know, all the way back to when he was in Dark Angel, Testament. Um, just a, a phenomenal drummer, a double bass drummer, and could literally adapt to every different type of music that he played it. You know, because some were heavier than others, some were faster than others. So, you know, for me being a double bass drummer in a doom band, that's kind of unheard of amongst the the fuzz worshippers and you know all that stuff. So, I, I think that's what kind of you know sets us uh, apart from a lot of the other of the other bands out there because 
a lot of those different influences, different genres of music really do bleed through, you know? Well, do you, did you, when did you like start getting into metal? Cause it sounds like it was probably the mid nineties for you, which is a week, kind of a weird time for heavy metal. For me, it was 1980. Wow. 1980. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, uh, I was born in 76. So by the time I was four or five years old, I heard Kiss for the first fucking time. And it was just like, whoa. And it was the Dynasty album. <laughs> you know? I, I know, I know. Trust me. It was like the, the disco album. You know? And I'm just like... But I, that, it wasn't their music that really kind of grabbed me. It was their fucking look. I'm like, dude. Next thing you know, I'm starting to get into metal because, you know, the 80s is coming in. Slayer's born. Judas Priest is coming to the forefront. ACDC is rocking, you know, Motorhead and all that stuff. And then I discovered King fucking Diamond. And I'm just like, this is just ridiculously awesome. And through him, I discovered Merciful Fate. Uh, Sabbath, I discovered Ozzy, and it's just like over and over again. Just and then Danzig after the mis after he left the Misfits and the Sam Hain days. When I bought that first record in 1988, I was sold. <laughs> it was so bluesy, so good. I mean, classic. You know, songs came off of that record, and I was I always wanted to do something like that. So that's why I feel so lucky this late in my career that there's guys that I play with and we're close as fuck too. So it's like, man, I finally get to, to, you know, create this type of music, but do it our own way. It sounds like you've just been fans through and through for the most part. Oh, big time. Yeah. Absolutely. My first real concert I ever went to is Ozfest 99. I mean, that was, that was a, a good one that was in the starplex in dallas man i even got to see big val and anybody's a pantera fan out there we all know who big val is man but i've seen him out there man that was uh uh actually i think that was the concert that uh i think that was the concert that carrie king recorded the uh solo for uh goddamn electric for uh mm. pantera's last album i'm pretty sure that's where he recorded it i think it was that year or it was 2000 i can't remember exactly but that was an awesome show, man. I'll never forget any of the people I've seen. I got to see Slipknot before uh, they were really huge. I mean, when they were still punching each other on stage and tackling <laughs> each other, when it was the craziest 45 minutes I've ever seen in my life until I've seen Dylan Gray Escape Plan live. But I mean, <laughs> that was the first real metal show I ever really went to. And then Slayer was there, Primus was there, uh, Black Sabbath, the original lineup of Black Sabbath yeah, I saw that. was there. Uh, Ozzy forgot the words paranoid because uh, he forgot to look. At the he was block. no, he was fucked up. <laughs> no, he was fucked up. That was that was the they came on the radio next day and they're like, oh yeah, guys, wonder why you didn't hear paranoid because Ozzy didn't remember the words because he was fucked up. It's like, God, oh, that makes sense. Oh, but, this is back when Ozfest was good though. Yeah, right, it was exactly. before Jack Osborne screwed it in the. I mean, screwed it up. So I mean, yeah, dude. Uh, when I went, I was who was it again? Drain SDA, System of the Down, Godsmack uh, should have never been on. Slayer, Primus, Rob Zombie, Black Sabbath, and then on the other stage was Head PE, Slipknot, and Fear Factory. Which for me at the time, when I was playing percussion, they had Raymond's drum set 
horizontal to the front of the stage so you could see everything he was doing. And I was just laser being focused on I did everything. The exact same thing. Watching that dude's feet, I just blew me away. Sick. I was like, look at that guy. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah, because everyone always said he's faking it. Yeah, no, there was no faking that he whatsoever. He was not faking a single thing. Absolutely they just, they just added a trigger sound on it just to mm. make it you know, bigger. No, that was all. He was, he was pure muscle <laughs> on that show. I'll tell you what. Great show. Great show. Mm -hmm. So glad I was fortunate to go to that with a good friend of mine, too, as well. And I mean, sold. <laughs> and that is sold. And as much as we've been fans of music, yep. I mean, we've always played being fans. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So. I don't know. It's just, I mean, I, that's I'm, a tough one. Is that a is that a weird thing? Like when you know you're a fan, but you also you know do as you guys do. You meet someone who's like like you're not a touring band, you know. You know what I mean? But as a band that's like we're going we're going to Europe next year. We're going to fucking South right. America this year. Have you ever like met somebody from a band and it's like, is there just sort of like an inherent difference, like? You know, because kind of like you do your show, you can kind of go home, go to your house, whatever. But they're like, we're road dogging it all day long for the next three weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I remember yeah. a couple times I've met a few people. I met Trey Asbroth from Morbid Angel uh, when I see them in Cleveland. And kudos to that dude, man. He stood outside after the show, sweating his ass off. It was windy up next to the lake. I remember it was cold. And he stood out there and he shook everybody's hand. And he talked to everybody. Gracious dude in the world. I love that guy. Can't wait to ever meet him again. I also got a chance to meet Dimebag Daryl. That was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I'll never forget. I put my guitar up there for him to sign it. And he looked down at it and just went, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. But, man, yeah, uh, meeting him and him signing everything. And uh, it was just – it didn't feel like I was wasting anybody's time. That was the right. best thing about it, especially when I was talking to Trey. Dude standing out there in a tank top breathing his ass off. And I'm talking about when I seen him in Dallas with Pantera and Soulfly, and he remembered the show. He remembered Phil coming out and doing a couple songs, and him looking at me going, "Well, that was that was at this place." So yeah, man, that had to be really fucking loud. I'm like, yeah, it was, and it was badass, man. And and he remembered the show. We sit there and talk for ten minutes, and he all the time in the world, and I'll never forget that. And I I see that kind of thing as like I'm gonna be like that guy. I'm gonna be like. You know, kind of like Rush from Getty Lee and Alex. Alex Very Tyson. humble. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I got all the time for you if you're cool and not crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're like you know drunk and puking on yourself. Yeah, you know what I you mean. It's, go. it's gonna be what it is. But <laughs> I feel like that's that's the most important thing because it shouldn't be a burden. You know what I mean? Like we should all be as one. And he has no idea I'm a guitar player. I'm just talking to him as a fan. You know, right. He has a guitar player i could sit there and chew his ear about oh dude what pickups do you use what strings do you use you know what setup do you use like, i could do all that in which he's probably been bored with all those questions all the time and much rather just go up to somebody like that and be like thank you so much for the music that you do and right. for what it does for me and what it has done for me over the years and what it's done for my music too but you know if you ever get to hear it that's awesome if you don't hey so what but i just want you to know as a fan what you mean to me and that's what's important <laughs> and that's that's one thing about you know we, we call our fans superstars because the support that they've shown us since we first came out uh back in uh i guess you could say september 
uh, is when we really started getting out there and starting engaging uh, the metal community uh, before we got signed. And uh, I mean, I to this day, we still interact as, <laughs> as much as possible. Like I just did a random one hour Instagram live, you know, where fans could like come on and ask me any damn thing they want, talk about horror movies, metal, booze, whatever, just, you know, just kind of, you know, as a way to, to, mm-hmm. to show how much we appreciate the fact that you're buying our stuff, you dig it, you know, people are constantly reposting our stuff. And it's just like, man, it, to us, it's wild. We're, you know, we're just four guys and, you know, <laughs> bumfuck Akron, <laughs> you know, just uh, doing it for the love of the music. I mean, it's a passion. If yeah. We're, not, we're, we're, you know, we're in the wrong business. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's definitely not to make money. I don't really, I could never see us being millionaires. But I'll tell you what, if I, if I could just do it and just pay my fucking bills, great. That's it for me because being in front of a crowd, being, you know, seeing people like when those photos came in, uh, some people from, you know, the UK had bought our shirts. I was like, whoa, somebody all the way over there is wearing our fucking shirt. This is just amazing. And we, we love them. That's why we call them superstars. They, they really are uh, what uh, fuels our fire, so to speak. And, and the kind of hope of they get the same thing that I get out of other people's music is they get out of yeah. ours. If, man, it, wild, if it makes them think of a rip <laughs> or if it makes them think of something that's going on or if it allows them to get through whatever, yeah. even better. That's, that's how I kind of look at it. So it's not just writing it because of ego. It's writing it because I want everybody to feel something from it. Hell yeah. Whether it pisses you off or it makes you work. <laughs> that's there's, the point. Yeah, there's definitely a certain amount of you know emotion that goes into our lyrics and, and <laughs> stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even all the way down to guitar solos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you can feel it. Now, you being a music teacher, like, have any of your kids ever just been like, oh, man, he plays in a metal band, but he's here playing a French horn today. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky for me... Um, at this point in my career for the last five years i've been teaching steel drum band uh, it's one of my uh one of my favorite things and i, I just happened to be able to get in with a school that had a steel drum band program mm-hmm. as their main source because we work with kids of all disabilities mm-hmm. uh, learning disabilities uh autism everything and it was just like a, it's a wonderful way to give them the gift of music because they never played an instrument in their life but when you put those mallets in their hands it's like something lights up and they hear it and they like it and they get into it man it's, and, and they're kick ass too they're really I, good I tell you, it really is something <laughs> they're I'm really good a lot of time teaching these kids but no i mean i they know i play in a band but i would never <laughs> i would never show them this right <laughs> you know just because intruder um you know, it, it, obviously, I try to keep them separate professionally, you know. I mean, if the band really, really takes off and, you know, it kind of looks like we're going to be doing some short tours here and there mm-hmm. with our management company, Terror Crew Productions, and our uh, record company, uh, Artillery Music Group. Uh, they've got a great plan for us. They've been, you know, working closely with us. And uh, as a matter of fact, our first full-length album uh, is going to be out with them. So if it does, you know, take off and it does seem like we seem to grow constantly, 
you know, just in, in fan based and, and other things, you know, streaming, all that shit. I probably would. I, I would feel fine retiring and be like, yeah, man, this is what I was born to do. <laughs> you know, but I love teaching as well. I mean, that's why I've done it this, this mm -hmm. long. Right on. I wear a suit so they don't see my tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to at least one other band from uh, Ohio. They're this okay. pretty cool uh, funeral doom style band called uh, Grey Host. I forget exactly where they're based out of, but I, I understand like the Ohio metal scenes. It's a little bit spread out. It's like not the yeah. biggest metal scene. Like I know Skeleton Witch obviously is like the big band from Ohio, but like, do you have a local scene there in Akron? We do. There's Radian, uh, another pretty big band that kind of goes between Cleveland and Akron is uh, Black Spirit Crown. Uh, don't know if you've heard, heard of them. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, that band kind of spawned the doom, the doomed and stone fest here in Ohio. Oh, okay. Like a, a big, you know, one or two day event where you have the best of all different types of doom, sludge, stoner, you know, uh, heavy psych stuff like that, whatever you want to call it. There's too many labels. But <laughs> so, I mean, they're pretty big. Uh, there's pillars. Hexum is another one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, as of late, I would probably say within the last year, there's been a lot more bands kind of sprouting up. Uh, it used to be nothing but hardcore, death metal, screamo, uh, whatever the hell you want to call it. But now it's just like, uh, you know, doom, the doom genre itself, no matter which way you label it. I mean, it's expanding. So there's a oh, lot yeah. more nowadays than there was before. Yeah, it's it's very expansive and you can kind of like you can kind of cheat a little bit. And there's <laughs> like you wouldn't necessarily call certain bands that have toured or played or been on festivals with predominantly like doom stoner bands that. Mm -hmm. But there's a there's just that thread that connects them all, you know, like um, oh, sure. I'm just thinking of one off the top of my head. Like if you know the band Author and Punisher, like that's not doom metal. That's like that dude literally builds his own fucking machinery and instruments and makes music from it. But oh, there's, oh, wow. <laughs> but there's that ingenuity aspect where people are like, hell yeah, that's cool as fuck. Like yeah. I want to see that dude play at the same festival as like Electric Wizard or something like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that would be really cool. We seen a guy one time. We did a show with a, a previous band, me and Reaper here. <clears throat> if you remember correctly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, <laughs> he did it all with a original Game Boy. That's correct. Wow. And it was all 8-bit music. Yeah, like Chip Tunes, I think it's called. Kind of like that. Yeah, but it's, it was it's, all in, it's in the neighborhood. Yeah. It was all 8-bit. And it was on an original game, uh, Game Boy, and it sounded like he was doing almost like a version of like slam poetry over it. Pretty much, it was nothing I've ever seen before. It was it definitely, was definitely different, different. I imagine there. I, I mean, I don't know what that dude's doing now, but I mean, I'll, I will say this: I, that was the most interesting thing I've probably ever seen uh, in a long time. Because <laughs> I was like, why is he playing with a Game Boy? And then, oh. Okay. <laughs> and you know, it's really kind of funny to me for, uh, just from interacting with crowd and fans and stuff like that. What one person's view of what Doom is, is different from the next person to the next person to the next person. 
you know, it's like how I, I don't think there's just one definition uh, because, you know, any, if you're anywhere from like uh, Doom, Sludge, Stoner Rock, like uh, Uncle Acid uh, and the, the, the Deadbeats uh, or Candle, uh, Candle Mass or, you know, it's like everyone has a different idea of what each, you know, genre uh, is and what it sounds like. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that's why we cross over. That's why we label ourselves this way. I mean, we obviously love Doom, but there's so many different aspects to our music. It's like you can't really label it all the way down to the bone because we have a lot of crossover fans that otherwise wouldn't even give us the time of day. I, I think this new record will definitely show that. Oh, wow. Yeah. It will definitely <laughs> show that. We've kept well, the- I heard like some sprinklings of like black metal and death metal for sure in there oh, that, okay. you know, keeps it's it sort of. Dude, yeah, you know, like my background, my background when I started playing guitar, which I'm self-taught anyways, was Black Sabbath, Slayer, Metallica, and Megadeth. That's what I and, and old school Sepultura. That's all I ever played on guitar. So I am such a thrash background. Going mm-hmm. into this kind of stuff, it was like having to train myself to slow down. Like you don't have to put a million notes in here. That's you don't right. have to do this. And it was like having to go back to what I started playing guitar before, you know, playing blues and doing that kind of stuff, understanding, you know, bending and holding out notes and stuff instead of just being like, Oh, I can put, you know, 15 scales right here. And, you know, and, you know, play 300 beats per second or whatever beats per minute. You know, I just, I don't, I don't have to do that anymore. And I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. And it's not that I don't like that stuff. I'm, I'm still a huge Sepultura and Slayer and oh. Panther fan and all that stuff. That will never, ever leave my bones ever. But and it just, you know, I don't have to really play it anymore. And I still get the same satisfaction of playing this than when I was playing that stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's like, that's like me with the with the death metal drumming. I don't have to go. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I can groove. Yeah. I, I've always prided myself on being more of a groove player, but I've always done the death metal thing. So I'm like, now I get to kind of push the fast stuff to the side a little bit and still deliver, you know, some some technical fills and uh, stuff like that with, like I said, the double bass and whatnot. Uh, but say, not say, having to do it at 220, you know, BPM. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, say, I'll say this, it's and insane. I'll die on this hill right here. <clears throat> a, a killer groove is better than any fast beat ever. Oh, yeah. Period. I don't care what anybody says. Anything I can groove to and just nod my head to and just be like, man, that's killer. I'd much rather hear that than a dude playing at 300 beats per minute. Totally. Any day, all day long, dude. All the time. As Max Cavalera said, nothing sounds heavier than a thousand drums going at one time. I mean, dude, there's no difference. I mean, you can play drums slowly and it sounds super freaking heavy. You don't have to play them heavy or play them super fast for them to be heavy. So, yeah, that's that's the point. I'd much rather do that than have have a killer groove, killer riff. And something that makes somebody want to break a window or break a wall or something than to run through it. That's what I'd much rather them do. Take it out with a hammer instead mm. of taking it out with, you know, a trunk. <laughs> and I think that I think that's why, you know, when you go to a down concert, people are moshing their asses off. Yeah. And they're not playing lightning fast stuff either. So it's just like just that power of Heavy, the rim. Groovy. Big groove, sick ass uh, shit. It seems like the the more you drop the bottom out, the 
the more people get so like, you know, I felt that in my chest kind of thing, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like, um, whenever, you know, if you get caught in the pit at a doom show, which like you go to a big enough venue, it like, it's barely going to make a ripple, but it definitely feels more like a, like a wave. Like you're moving with, you're moving with it, you know, as yeah. opposed to like, oh, I'm literally like dodging, getting punched in the face, you know? Right. No, I mean, it's not quite that severe, but, you know, it just sometimes, uh, you know, on the crowd, really. <laughs> oh, yeah. People just get so fucking amped, you know, like I, I saw um, like last year, one of the only shows I saw last year was, oh, um was uh truck fighters and church of misery at this smaller place oh, in new york and it was great i mean it like everybody like you know because the truck drivers bring a lot of energy to their show and then everybody loves japanese bands singing about fucking serial killers exactly <laughs> i mean that is so wild but everything they put out is incredible yeah man they're pretty fucking badass mm-hmm. i mean there's a pretty damn good scene over there Oh, in Japan? Yeah. Oh, Japan yeah. loves their metal. They've always loved their metal. Oh, yeah, they oh, do. Most definitely. And Spain has a sick amount of doom and stoner bands coming out of there. Like That Mediterranean spot. Like yeah. Spain, Italy, Greece. There's exactly. a lot of really yeah. good, really good yeah. ones and, uh, in that neck of the Earth, woods. Uh, Argentina. All those guys, man. It's like, wow. It's pretty, it's pretty big in Europe. Like, it is. I think it was... Um, I think it was the dude from Orange Goblin who said, like, there's some there's some like bands here in the States that don't even book in the States because they won't make enough money off of it. They just book Europe. You know, that was a while ago. Yeah, that's practically kind of what we're thinking, because when we, you know, we're talking with our our management, we're like, you know, we got to get to Europe, man. We we have so much. And it's crazy. We have so much more uh, popularity there as well as Canada. But the states, it's like hit or miss. California digs us. Uh, we have a few fans there in Jersey. I know that. Uh, New York a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but it's like, like I said, hit or miss. It's like, um, uh, well, Georgia. Georgia's another one. But there's eh, like maybe South Carolina, North Carolina. But it's like there's a lot of spots that just haven't heard us or – it's just not their cup of tea because they're stuck on, you know, just a few uh, certain bands or whatever. And it's just hard. It's hard to filter out in the States, but when yeah, you I mean, that's there, just classic. That's the United States for you. Yeah. You yeah. just got to make like a big impact for whether good or bad, you're going to be remembered. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, well, we, we sure as hell started something with that hail to the succubus. video. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you've uh, had a chance to see it. I haven't that. had a chance to see it. Did you uh, step on some oh, toes? <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's blasphemous. I mean, <laughs> Hail to the Succubus itself is, you know, it's the story of a, a female sex demon. Yeah. Uh, where this guy comes through, like he's, you know, walking through the woods and he comes upon this clearing and she's dancing around a fire, gorgeous, seduces him, and then she eats him. So. We we were like this is a no brainer. We got a friend of ours, Tim Novotny, uh, who uh, is an independent horror filmmaker. Mm. Uh, you know he's done a, done a pretty good amount of work. Uh, and we we told him the idea, and he said, "Yeah, 
we, we can do this. But I'm going to tell you, I've been banned in Germany before. <laughs> We're like, okay, well, we don't want to go that extreme. So, but uh, I mean, there's blood, there's, you know, we have, uh, what what we have? Six succubi females. Uh, yes. Uh, actresses that were just awesome. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of skin. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for you since you haven't seen it yet, but it definitely tells the tale. Think about um, an 80s hair metal video with hot chicks and leather <laughs> and blood and guts and that kind of stuff like that. It sounds, it sounds more like Danzig. Every 80s hair metal video is just like right. them on a stage yeah. with some lights and a car and a it's so much better this, this is so much darker so, so much, much eviler yes uh, it's like a horror short it's not even i can't even really call it a music video because i mean it starts off very cinematic yeah mm -hmm. it sets the stage and then we appear from the dungeon you know kind of thing so we are the we are the soundtrack to the uh, yeah. Witches, and I love it. You so can uh, you can awesome. definitely check that out on our uh, YouTube channel, which is just Black Tart Superstar. All right. Uh, yeah, or uh, you know, Mister Doom six six six. It's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> People love it. I mean, it, it came out really. It, good. it made such a stir that I mean, the day after it premiered. It popped up in France. Somebody did an article, yep. and then it popped up in uh, Slovenia. There's another article. I mean, it just started like popping all over the place. They're like, "Black Tar Superstar releases blasphemous video for the track Hail to the Succubus," and I'm just like, "Holy shit! Yes. What did we do? <laughs> Are we in trouble?" Well, no, we we didn't. Get no, in no, I'm joking. Everybody loved it, and uh, we were just like, "Man, we were just having fun." Well, I mean, well, that, we I mean, love horror movies. You know, that's well, another yeah. horror movies are awesome. Yeah, it's oh, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I could go on and on about that for hours. But, I mean, that's the point of rocket heavy metal <laughs> and black metal or whatever metal it is. It's supposed to be a little dangerous, right? Like, Absolutely, push scary, the boundaries a little, a little bit. You know, that's the point. Uh, nobody minds a little breast here and there. I know I don't. <laughs> I want you to feel. I, that's the point. If, if you feel a little bit uncomfortable watching that, good. I don't care how it be able comes along, you know. If it makes you feel a bit uncomfortable, that's fine. I hope you like the music too as well. But you know, if the visuals have been uncomfortable, good. Well, you know, <laughs> and, and, and from from all the comments that we've gotten on that video, it's like it had sex appeal. It was dark and scary and a badass track. Yeah. So I mean, I we feel vindicated. So. <laughs> right on. Um, so you, you, you touched upon like, you know, how you got the band together and whatnot. And then mm -hmm. last year you put out, um, old gods awaken. Um, and now you're working on, uh, your, another LP, uh, the black flame, which is coming out in, uh, later in May. So hopefully we'll have this episode out before then. So, um, you know, people will know <laughs> about it. Um, was that, is that something that you've been working on, um, now kind of like, things are like kind of getting better in the, in the country or was that like delayed as a part of the pandemic or what? We started working on those tracks before December. Yeah. That, um, those tracks yeah. were in the works. They were as in the works. As soon as Old God's Awaken was done. Mm -hmm. We already had, as soon as we recorded that, we we're like, okay, 
and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, I got this, I got that, I got this, got that. And we just started writing immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, because the other thing, we understand what it is, is content too. And the more that we have out, the more people can soak in. And that's what we're trying to do is not rush things, obviously, because we want to put out a very good quality product, very good music, because obviously if we're not happy with it, nobody else is going to be happy with it. And we're in a way in hell, it's going to get recorded. So <laughs> we want to make sure that what we're going to put out is going to be obviously good. And what we're, what we've got right now is I, I tell you what, it's absolutely amazing. What, what we were before at and where this album is now, uh, musically, all that kind of stuff is absolutely amazing. Got a couple more days of recording. We got to do, I got to get some solos done and I've got some vocal stuff we got to do. And then all that's the touch up stuff. And then yeah. that's it. man. It's, it's going to be on to, uh, the man with the best ear in the world, as far as I can tell, Jeremy's going to be killing it Vegas. in the wrecking room, obviously. So, I mean, he's going to make it sound absolutely amazing, as he always does. So, uh, really excited, uh, especially this album, the writing process and all that kind of stuff. It was real smooth. Everybody came to the front. Ideas real fast. Everything sounded good right off rip. We Everybody had their ideas and their two cents in it. Here we are. Not even that far off from when we finished uh, Old God's Awakened. So it's. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, too. obviously, you know, that was just six tracks, you know, for this one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we, our goal was to record as many of them as we could possibly do. So we ended up recording 10 tracks. Obviously, since there's going to be a vinyl release of this, uh, there's a couple of tracks that are not going to make it, but they will, you know, go out on maybe a, a future release. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of why we, we did the, uh, the hand of doom, the Sabbath cover, uh, that we released, um, I think it was back in, was it February? I believe so. I think it was, it was early February. Yeah. It was early February. We released that because fans were constantly going, dude, where's the new stuff? We want more. Uh, we, we had an interview, uh, uh, well, no, not an interview, but a, a review from um, Hellfire uh, Radio, uh, Genghis the Demon, uh, who seems to really dig our stuff, and he's a cool dude. He's like, I loved Old Gods Awaken, but it wasn't enough. And we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, and, and people just started constantly. They're like, man, when's, when's the new stuff? We want new stuff. You know, and that's kind of how, you know, fans are these days. You hit them with a couple of, you know, good singles, and they're like, well, Come on, give me something else. Give me something that's like a fix. So I think we'll we'll definitely end up with eight tracks that flow very, very well together. Um, and from everything we've been hearing with the playback and stuff like that, it's coming together pretty damn good. And uh, when those final touches get put on, superstar fans just don't know what's coming. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's it's so different. I, I it's not like it's a brand new black tire superstar. It's an evolved black right, tire. right, right. You know what I mean? Like we've grown together. Everyone's been able to contribute. We're not just going off of one catalog, you know, because uh, most of old gods were songs that uh, Chad had already done. Mm -hmm. Two of them were actual originals that we wrote as a four piece. So this time it's like you're getting the best of all four of us. You're kind of getting everybody's personality <laughs> on this one. Yeah, 
Yeah, you're like phone. you're doing it as like a as like a cohesive unit for the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, each everybody's personality is there. There's uh, the song the Death Slinger that he that uh, that's all him, 100% Gluten Son, you know, and uh, me. The one the song that's 100% me, you know, from beginning to end, the Shadow Walkers, you know, and um, the other songs that are in there, I mean, reflect everybody. But I mean, it's uh, definitely one that's more of a lot more of people's individually show through in a lot of the songs. But as a cohesive group, we come together, put them together, obviously. But I mean, you can tell definitely, especially in that's the hope that you're definitely going to tell like, wow, you can definitely, you know hear a difference in this album compared to uh, Old God's Waking, which is what we want, obviously. Mm. We don't want to keep making the same thing. Um, <clears throat> not to say that we don't love the songs off of Old God's Waking. Of course we do. Mm -hmm. But we want to evolve. We want to evolve just like our fans evolve. I mean, people evolve every day. I hope so. <laughs> so that's that's what our hope is, is come along with us because you, you were on this part of the journey with us. Now we're over here. And hopefully you're coming over here with us because over here it's just as badass as it was over there. Well, <laughs> Except now we got high rises, you know. You know it's, it's like the first ten years of Sabbath with Ozzy. Not every single one of those records sounded like the one before it. Right. You know, it was just like a constant evolution. So I, this is like the next step, and I was really happy to uh, uh, bring a lot of lyric writing uh, to the table. Um, you know, hitting upon all all kinds of stuff that, you know, uh, we all have experienced or, you know, believe this, that, and the other thing. Uh, it's, it's, that's why uh, the last interview I did, I said, this is so much more a personal record uh, because we all put ourselves into it uh, 100%. Yeah. So it's like Texas said, you know, you're getting everyone's uh, personality and, um, those influences bleeding through. Nice. Yeah. All right. So this has nothing to do with um, heavy metal, but what's what's the opinion on Skyline Chili? Skyline uh, Chili? Uh, I can tell you this. The first time I had it, I was sick for an entire 24 hours. <laughs> it seems like something that you would get sick from for more than 24 hours. Oh, it's it's awful. I'll, I'll tell you I'll, what. What <laughs> I've never eaten it. I've never had it. It's up there in Mayfair. I imagine yeah, it yeah, is. I've never ever had it for whatever reason. To me, <laughs> people putting chili on spaghetti. Oh I just, man. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm I mean, just... unless you're just a trash compactor and you <laughs> then you go for it, man. But you know, it's it's like it's like putting maple syrup on pizza. You know, you're just oh. not gonna do it. I don't. That's just. It, um, it, it doesn't appeal to me. I don't believe that bacon belongs on every type of food either. You know what right. I mean? So, <laughs> I tried it. I gave it a go, and I got sick from it. And I said never again. Yeah, I just I've, I've never had it. <laughs> Have you been there? No, I haven't. I haven't tried it either. I was just. They the other band mentioned it and I'm just sort of like captivated by this like weird I mean I love regional like things, you know. Whenever sure, you go yeah. somewhere, you want to try something regional, you know, like like look, man, I'll shit on Connecticut all day long, but they have some good pizza there. I'm not gonna lie, they have some really good pizza. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Uh -huh. So 
But like, uh, it just wasn't good for me. It just wasn't. What, yeah. was that? what was that? It just wasn't good for me. <laughs> you know, if those guys love it, I mean, <coughs> more power to them. Uh, maybe they've improved over the years. I mean, the last time I ate there, oh man, that was back in 2000, 2000. So that, I mean, that was 20 years ago. Maybe they've gotten better at their, their, you know, I've never had preparation. I don't know. Never had it. <laughs> is, is there a regional uh, Ohio thing that you love? Oh, oh that's a tough one. Ohio. That, 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 that is a tough one. Does Ohio have anything interesting about it? <laughs> Oh, I mean, you know, definitely. I would say each area has its own kind of, you know, niche. Like mm -hmm. in Cleveland, uh, I mean, me being Italian, all the restaurants in Little Italy is just phenomenal. Uh, but uh, downtown Cleveland now, just in probably the last six years or so, uh, they have this whole little strip that goes between like two two you know skyscrapers or whatever and it's like a taste of every culture like you can literally just go down this little back alleyway and they have all the i mean and they're not like you know uh, cheap restaurants either they're like the real deal uh you know you can have uh, indonesian you can have you know uh thai and soul food and stuff like that it's all there you mm -hmm. can you know, get a little bit of everything i think the only thing i like that's what would you call it? Um, native to Ohio would probably be Buckeyes because that's about the oh, only thing I sure. can think of. And that's just <laughs> chocolate and peanut butter, man. And if you don't like chocolate and peanut butter, I mean, that's just whatever. But that's about the only thing I can think of. I mean, is I it mean, literally like just you take chocolate and peanut butter and mix it together? No, they make like it's like a it's like a chocolate kind of shell looking yeah. thing and it's got a ball of peanut butter in the, in the center of it. Oh, that and sounds good. Like a Buckeye nut. Because that's mm -hmm. they have Buckeye trees down here, and they make these gigantic Buckeye nuts. In the, I mean, if if you've ever, because a buddy of mine has a landscaping company, I help him do that sometimes, and uh, he has a few cu customers that have Buckeye trees, and when those things drop these freaking nuts, it's unbelievable because they're everywhere. Yeah, I mean, everywhere, <laughs> and it's jeez, dude. I mean, you're trying to mow someone's lawn, you're not. You're just mowing Buckeye nuts. So it's, uh, you know, yeah. and most of the most of the restaurants are very corporate. Yep. Uh, yeah. But there are, I would say, the best places in Ohio to go are in any any one of the counties because of the mom and pop diners and um, uh, the, the mom and pop restaurants. Yeah. That's where like the best service, the best food is. Uh, Ohio was very very big on small business, uh, definitely. But it's eclectic food. It's very eclectic. Yeah, it's there's you got German place. village down in Columbus. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, there's a German. There's a big German, mm -hmm. uh, German Polish. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, population. So, like, right yeah. There. So, mm -hmm. a lot of those things just kind of intermingle. So it's hard to say. Like uh, as far oh, as I can get Amish country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Amish country around here. You want to get good food, and cheese, and that kind of stuff. That's the place <laughs> to go. But yeah, um, it's a big allure. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, as far as I can say, like somebody handed me this is like, oh, this is special to Ohio. Nothing I can think of except Buckeye <laughs> candies. Right. That's it. I've been, um, I mean, I've been to like that Polish restaurant, uh, Sokolowski's. Like you can get like the big old ball oh, yeah. of meat. That was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That kind of stuff like that. I guess you could call that like Ohio kind of food because I mean, it's, a, you know, the big Polish uh, 
big Polish um, population around here. So yeah, that would make sense. Mm -hmm. I guess you could call that yeah, Polish de delicacies and German delicacies, which you know, I it's guess like, we'll, it's we'll, like we'll, the hardiest. Nice. Food. It was like you, know, you got like the hardiest it. food, man. The, the, the best Italian, uh, the best Italian food store market that you could ever go to is the Vitas. Oh, well. They've been there for sixty years. Oh wow! I did, did not know that. Akron, Ohio, <laughs> baby. That's where you can find it. You want a real sub, a real Italian sub? You go there. They hand prepare it for you. Uh, you know, they do their own butchering there and stuff. You speak of yeah. this place we need to go to. Oh, I'll tell you. Don't, don't you worry about that. <laughs> I mean, I've been teaching in Akron for the past, oh, man, 16 years of my career I've been in Akron. And uh, it, 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 it's, it's kind of like on the north side. The north side of Akron used to have the largest uh, Italian population. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have the DeVita shop where you could get a good sub. You could get the good deli meats, um, you know, neck bones and you know, stuff like that that you can put in your sauce, homemade uh, sauce. Everything, the, uh, every, a lot of the products there, they come straight from Italy. Um, and then you have uh, a, uh, a restaurant that's right down down the, uh, the street from there. Uh, and uh, the name is escaping me right now. Uh, Deontay's Dion, Restaurant or something like that. Anyway, I mean, they, they're family businesses from like going back to the 40s. So it's like they're still there. It's generational. And that's kind of how I view Ohio. A lot of these uh, small businesses like that have been here for so long, and they've been generational. So yeah, and, uh, we have a good uh, a good culture, really, very mixed culture. Cool. You guys been listening to anything uh, anything new lately, or anything uh, cool? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I, I, I if anything, I mean, I probably. I probably kind of went back to my like southern roots and country roots when I started listening to, you know, getting ready to, you know, writing this record or whatever. But because of writing the record, I haven't really been searching out anything. I just mm -hmm. kind of, you know, got my Spotify playlist, hit shuffle play when I'm in the car. I'm just, I haven't really been searching for anything because I've just been so, I don't know, myopic about, you know, writing this new record. So I just, I, I've really been searching about anything. A lot of the stuff that like I'm kind of getting hit to, I've gotten through Death Slinger, my son, because you know he he kind of catches on to a lot of the newer metal, uh, especially you know Doom. Actually, to be honest with you, Doom genre. Him and I went and saw King Diamond. King Diamond came through. Uh, that like was our like last November. Yeah, it was our last concert that we actually got to go see before the whole pandemic. And Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats opened up for him. And I what was a like, great pairing. Whoa! <laughs> Who would have thought a fuzz band like them would open up for King Diamond? So, I mean, it was just a killer show. And I, I became a fan. Like, I could instantly hear the, the, the Sabbath influence. And, you know, and that's pretty much, you know, fuzz bands, you know, as it is. Uh, I, I like a little bit of sleep. Uh, I've gotten into High on Fire. I, I really love them because they're not the traditional Doom style band. They mix uh, a blend of the fast with the heavy slow. Mm -hmm. uh, I really dug that in Neurosis, man. Uh, thanks to Chad, uh, I've kind of become quite a fan of Neurosis as well. Uh, listening to them is like listening to a ritual happening. 
It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I really dig it. They'll throw me tracks and stuff like, oh, hey, check this out, or hey, check this out. I mean, I'll listen to them and stuff like that, but I just, I don't, I'm not actually, I don't actually seek out anything to listen to. No, that's kind of how it happens. At least right now. At least right now. I'm just kind of, I've just so been focused on this. I just have blocked out everything else. Yeah, I've heard that before. I hate doing that. Yeah, I mean, we we just kind of bounce it off of each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I send them stuff to all the time, like, hey, listen to this, hey, listen to that. You know, so we all do that together, you know, mm-hmm. especially like something just catches my ear. That's even on my playlist. And I'm pretty sure they probably never heard of because our, our musical backgrounds are so different. And mm-hmm. it's, um, that's kind of the fun. fun. I was going to say that's, that's the, the fun, fun part, part of the whole thing, you know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge Frank Zappa fan. I've been a huge Frank Zappa fan since I was a kid. So, you know, sending those kind of tracks to people who've never really heard Frank Zappa before. It's kind of good to gauge the reaction because of like, Wow, the music's really crazy, but man, those lyrics are hilarious. <laughs> and that's yeah, he's, about. he's singing about toes for some reason. Yeah, you know, or an oven mitt or something. You know, right. as as he said one time, I, I used to own a record that was called "Does Humor Belong in Music?" And I always find that to be an interesting question because I actually apply that question to everything, especially the music that I listen to and the music that I write, because even though. I mean, I want to write. I write serious music and all that kind of stuff like that. I still want to have a bit of, of, uh, not. I would. I guess silliness wouldn't be a good word, but that's the only thing I can think about it because I still want it to be like, yeah, this is serious music, but hey, you know, it's still fun too. You, you can laugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, that, you can have a good time. It doesn't that, have to that be. whole first EP was just a blast. Yeah, so serious you know about I mean? everything. It was serious, but at the same token, like. People, you know, we could like amp them up and like, oh, let's go, well, you know. Typo negative. Typo Shit. negative is the perfect way to put it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Did not take a goddamn thing serious whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I love that about them. Their music sounded so serious, but themselves as individuals were not serious at all. And I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. We actually, to me, that was their humor <laughs> in their music because. Oh yeah, you, you can hear the darkness and all that kind of stuff, and then Peter's right. gonna do an interview for forty-five minutes, making fun of the interviewer. Right. I love that. <laughs> That's what I like. I mean, and, and then our our uh, lead vocalist Chad, he calls them Easter eggs. Like, there's a there's a, a track that we started where I kicked it off, right? I gave him a four count, and then I was the only one to hit the note, and I go, guys, it's a four count. <laughs> He's like, he wants to leave that in there because he think it would be hilarious. For the listener to, to, to hear mm. me screaming at them. <laughs> so I mean we, we do have a certain a certain degree of you know hilariousness to us, but yes. I mean yeah. when it comes to the music though, we're we're serious. We it's just it's kind of important to us because you know, like when you think of like let's take black metal for instance, those guys take themselves so seriously. Like yeah. it's it's so fucking serious. But you know, take a band like Down, those guys are cracking jokes and, and pulling pranks on each other and shit all the time. It's like, dude, that's that's kind of like the fun part of what we do. You know, I mean, the words, they're serious to us. You know, some things are very uh, satiric, satirical. Is that how you say it? Yeah. It's yeah. like a satire. <laughs> you know what I mean? In some cases, and then people be like, oh, man, they, these guys are all about this. You know, it's just like, dude, we were just kind of making fun of it well i mean also too i think it's i think it's the expectations <laughs> yeah. of the genres too exactly if, if you're if you're a black metal fan that you have to 
have this kind of set of thinking or you have to have a black mass every Sunday. Yeah. You're, you know, something <laughs> like that. It, it, I mean, although that's fun, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And, and for all those guys that take it extremely seriously, I'm glad they do because oh, sure. there's a lot of bands who do that kind of stuff. who don't take it seriously. That's very, and good. to them, it's just a mockery and I don't think it should be. They should take it seriously because over there it is, it is very serious. It for is. Them. You know, over here for us, like I, I've had many discussions with with friends, you know, who are black metal black metal fans, and I tell them, like, dude, over there, compared to people over in the U United States, it's completely different, night and day. If if you were to go over to meet those guys, they would call you posers because right. that's how they look at you. You mm -hmm. know, these guys live this stuff. That's why it sounds the way it does. That's mm -hmm. why it has the emotions that it has in it. Americans are not going to be able to feel that, and I'm not going to say any black metal American band can't do that. Blessings, blessings. Yeah. Those guys were fantastic, yeah. absolutely amazing. They get it. They and, do. But you can tell those guys get it because they actually do live it. And, and that's the thing. That's what <laughs> makes them, the difference. That's what, that's what makes it work. For us, the reason why we do the music that we do and it works for us because we do it the way we want to do it. And that's, you know, have a, you know, a little wink and a smile and make sure you bang your head as hard as possible, you know? <laughs> well, we take <Yeah>. it. <laughs> but it's it's like you said though i mean we live it too like yeah you know we're not just making it just because it's popular exactly we're this doing exactly it what we because do. it's literally what comes from within us you yeah know what i mean no matter if it's a dark place or a, a funny place yeah. or, you know that's why you get so many different topics within our lyrics you know mm. for, that, for that very reason i mean it's like uh i think when people say tongue-in-cheek they often mean that in like a positive way. So it's like exactly. you have you have yeah. tongue in cheek, but you know you're still taking it seriously because exactly. it's, like you said, it's what you care about. You know, you you're aware of it being like it could be a little goofy, but it's like my girlfriend always compares it to wrestling. It's like <laughs> it's, it's kayfabe or K, however the fuck you say that word. No, that's the thing is it is kayfabe. I mean. Not to, not I'm to a talk, firm believer in that. Not to talk about my character and break kayfabe, <laughs> but I mean that's what I do. I do Texas Heat is that. That's what he is. I mean, if you look at that, what I am, and I should just be that. That's what I am. I when I, you, you can even meet, the, talk to the people who I even work with or my friends. They're yeah, one hundred percent, man. That is that dude, man. He will, so he will fire up a bowl, crack open a beer, and it's hell yeah, man. It's on, you know. That's what it is. I mean, I, mm -hmm. it's not that I, you know, live my thing, you know, where I'm drunk twenty four seven or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, no. I, I live my, I, I live my gimmick. Anything. I live my gimmick because I love where I'm from, and I, right. and I make sure I project that. It's like, yeah, man, I'm southern as fuck, and it will always be like that, and I'll never change that. And every time I do my promos, the hell yeah, and all that stuff's going to come out because that's what it is. So, I mean, it's – is that my part of my kayfabe? Yeah, but, I mean, also I live that kayfabe. It's just like The Undertaker. I don't break it ever <laughs> uh, and, until I retire. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of like the Reaper side of me is my darker spiritual self that most people don't really get to see or, you know, unless you're, like, close to me or something like that, it's like – my my inner energy, my darker energy that comes out, because uh, in a performance, I'm not just sitting back there going, you know, like this and you know whipping my head around or anything. I mean, I'm into it. It's like a, it's it's a, I don't know. It's very ritualistic. 
that's the best way I can. Yeah, call, that. yeah call it like a rock star ego, you know. Well, it's, well, but, you that's kind of how I feel about it, though. Like, yeah, when I get up there, I feel positive, like... In a positive yeah, way. Yeah, I feel like that kind of person. You know, some people have made the assumptions or claims <laughs> that there aren't rock stars anymore and that we need to wear comfortable shoes and shit on stage, certain, you know, MGK jackass, but fuck that guy anyways. But, I mean, he's the one that said that kind of stuff, but I don't agree with that whatsoever, man. There are rock stars out there. And people like us, people like other bands and, and other cats and other bands you know what i mean like we might not have a national stage but believe me man we're all rock stars we all act it we all live it and that's what we are 100 percent metal all the time and it's an attitude it's it's not a look it, it, it's you know you can't fabricate the the metal attitude i've always kind of felt that way and that's what a lot of people don't understand they're like oh metal it's so full of hate no, it's and, not cheesy and, it's and, not and this and that I'm like, no, you just don't understand. It's like a, it, we're rebelling against, and it always has been rebelling against the the whatever's popular, you know, your quick fix or whatever. That's why metal, I don't know, everything is kind of cyclical. You know, there was one time where metal was at the forefront, and it was on the radio 25, 24, 7, whatever. And, you know, now it's back underground. But you have to remember, metal started underground. Yeah. And there are more people that love it when it's actually more people love it when it's underground than when it's actually popular and fucking fed to you every single time you turn on a radio station. This well, is I, th I think there's just there was just a contingency of metal that was known to the public. And then there was just everybody else kind of metal was underneath. Yes. doing the underground. And then kind of what happened was all of those cool underground bands probably thanks to like the internet everyone no. just found out about them yeah and suddenly a whole new legion of fans was born you know and that's like really what place uh because you know for us to come out during the pandemic where we can't go to this state that state this state that state even regionally uh to be able to perform for people but you know, uh, thank goodness, you know, for like Instagram, <laughs> Bandcamp, it, it kind of, yeah. And Bandcamp, those two things together, because let's face it, bands aren't really on Facebook like they used to be. Nope. It's more Instagram because you're able to shoot things out super fast. You can connect with people easier and there's just more people using it. So it's like when we started advertising and, uh, I started fucking around with video making, you know, Texas was doing some promo work. Uh, I would shoot some, you know, live stuff. And it was just so easy to get it out there into a wider range of people. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're constantly like Bandcamp. We've had those Bandcamp Fridays uh, every month, you know, like where, you know, all the, uh, they call it Bandcamp Friday. Yeah. First Friday, oh. every month, they wave the fees, yeah. goes to the artists. <laughs> We're big fans yeah. of that. We're our big supporters of that here. Oh, oh yeah. that's and and we 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 fucking love that about you guys. And, and I mean, it was it was good for all of us. It really was. Um, and for us to to sign our first legit, you know, indie record label deal during this yeah. without doing one hundred plus shows, um, you know, I, I, it's I'm still you know kind of shocked by it. <laughs> I mean that's but, awesome uh, though. 
Yeah, I, it is. And, you know, there's some labels out there that are paying attention to the guys that are working the hardest, trying to get the name out, trying to get the music out there on their own. And that's what it's really about. But even when you get that deal, because I'll tell you what, I don't stop. Just because we have management and, and the label, I mean, we love them. They're fantastic. But I'm still going to grind and get us, try to keep constantly getting us out there. Because if you stop and think that it's just going to be wine and roses, people are going to, you know, they're going to forget about you. It's just the way it is. Yeah. No matter yeah. how much, you know, the, 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 the label and management can do, um, it's, it's making connections. Uh, with with fans, people that are listening, people that are buying. I mean, they're all the people that follow us on there are diehard band campers, and I mean, they've really what's what's kept this whole thing going mm -hmm. throughout this uh, this whole pan pandemic thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then uh, you know when uh, I came up with the idea to do live streaming concerts with other bands that you know, especially people here in the states wouldn't actually get to see um where you know you have a band like we just uh did a live stream with our uh in first from argentina the two of us you know if if things were were fine and there was no pandemic we probably wouldn't have been able to do a show together but we were able to give our fans that experience mm -hmm. you know instead of just seeing just us you're getting to see some of the bands that we've made friends with We've gotten so close to a lot of bands uh, all over the world because of the internet. Cool. Well, yeah, we get to talk um, to them. Right, talk to us for sure. <laughs> so, what you guys want to plug anything? Plug a new record? Yep. Uh, I mean, the new album is it, it's called "The Black Flame," and like I said, it just really has to do with us getting closer together as a band, as a family. And uh, just like uh, a lot of uh, historical things, uh, some personal spiritual stuff, horror, you know, everything that makes Black Tar Superstar us. Mm -hmm. uh, that could be due out, hopefully, uh, you know, like we said, sometime in May, probably late May is what I'm thinking. Yep. Uh, we will have pre-order on the vinyl uh, and merch pack uh, bundles through uh, Artillery Music Group. Which I'm stoked about. I didn't get about. We started shooting a video for the, the song Serial, uh, which, you know, we were just talking about Church of Misery. This uh, particular song deals with uh, looking through a serial killer's eyes as he's committing his uh, magnus opus or, you know, whatever you call that. I think I probably said that wrong, but that's OK. That's, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Your but, command of uh, the English language teach. I know. Well, that's why I don't teach fucking English. I teach rhythms and pitches. Oh, that's funny. Uh, no, it is definitely the last video for it uh, is. old God's Way. Sure. Yeah, that's the last or finish finay on that one. So yes, that's most yeah. definitely. That should be out by the end of April. Yeah. Uh, that and uh, we're currently. As things are starting to open, we're looking at booking out of state. Uh, so there will be a, uh, a small tour to support this effort. Uh, and obviously, as things start to open up more, uh, we'll be able to go out and do more uh, for sure. 
We're going to cap off the live stream tour with uh, Sensation from California. Oh, yeah. A female-fronted metal band. That's going to be fantastic. She is one hell of a singer. The yeah, whole band is, is, is just a lot of fun. Um, so definitely be checking that out. That's on May the 29th. So. Cool. I mean, uh, and any other th- and one more thing I want to plug <laughs> one band, just one band uh, real quick. That's going to be Night Goat. Big shout out to uh, Chris oh, and Julia absolutely. and Buzzbin, the establishment they own, and what they allow us to do and it's destroy their basement and allow us to, you know, <laughs> That's so true too. make it putrid and disgusting down there. We're leaving our beer cans and bottles and shit laying around after we've been jamming and stuff. But I just we want a big out. shout out we to those it. guys. We absolutely love them. Um, you guys should check them out. Anybody that's listening to this, Night Goat, those guys are fantastic. It's doom punk music. Uh, Julia is an absolutely monster monster on the vocals man she's great absolutely. uh definitely you guys gotta check them out but huge shout out to them those two absolutely love them absolutely love Buzzbin. another quick one make sure y'all keep an open mind to music listen to anything and everything don't be afraid to listen to anything and if somebody says it sucks fuck them listen to it doesn't matter <laughs> you can get anything and anything from everything so make sure that you do that keep and, an open mind and support your local record stores people yes mm-hmm. Please. The mom and pop places, the best places to get the best records because Best Buy sucks. Kmart sucks. <laughs> Can't get good shit there at all unless it's pop or pop. So fuck it all. <laughs> Go to mom and pop places, y'all. Mom and pop places. And always stay safe and stay heavy. Exactly. <laughs> you you heard it from the man's mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yes, oh, sir. Yeah, man. <clears throat> Well, thank you guys for coming on and doing this. Had a good time tonight. Uh, Black Tar Superstar, check out their album when it drops in May. Like they said, <laughs> check it out on Bandcamp. Give them a follow. Tune into their sexy music videos. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, stay safe out there. You know, keep Ohio interesting. And oh, yeah, uh, that'll do it for this chapter of the diary. Oh, yeah, dude. Thank you so much. Thank you, man.
Oh, wait a minute. Uh, since I've only got two of you, um, let me just who do I who am I who do I have here? Reaper and Texas Heat. All right, I uh, I need real names. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, in that case, Steve and Jason. Yeah. 